by faith, the prostitute Rahab, I said prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Happy Mother's Day. Today is Mama's Day. And Mama knows how to get her kids to come to church on Mother's Day. The house is full. Now, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about building a strong home. And we've been going through a series in, entitled The Home Game. And last week, we talked about raising up a farm team, raising up a generation, another generation that loves God, that knows God, another generation that defies the odds, that knows how to play in the big leagues and knows how to come against their adversaries and believe God for things that God wants to do in their life to make them champions. But this morning, I want to introduce you to an all-star team. It's made up of what we call the Hall of Faith Champions. It's called the Hebrew Nationals team. And it's found in the book of Hebrews. And the writer of Hebrews gives us a starting lineup of an incredible team of men and women who defied the odds, who did incredible things for the kingdom and became champions of the faith. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 says, through kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the fiery uh, fury of flames, and they escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received their, back, their dead back to life again, there were others that were tortured, and yet all of them, the Bible says, well, were inducted into the hall of faith. They were champions of the faith. They were champions of God. And the writer of Hebrews gives us an impressive lineup. Playing first base is Noah, batting 350 in hard work, born out of trust in God. Playing second base is Abraham who's batting 340 in faith, born out of trusting God for sons as numerous as the stars in the sky. Playing third base is Isaac, batting 320. Playing shortstop is Jacob, batting 340, who wrestled with the angel of the Lord, and he prevailed. Playing right field is Joseph, who's batting 400 because he forgave his brothers when they abused him. Playing center field is Moses, batting 375 in leadership and humility. Playing left field is Joshua, batting 380 because he went and defeated his opponents. Playing catcher is Samson. Why? Because he, he struck out several times, but now he's batting 250 because God's giving him a second chance. And taking the mound, pitching, and leading the team is Rahab the harlot. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. What did you just say? Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, she doesn't belong on the team. She's a prostitute. She doesn't belong on the team. 
She's a woman. She doesn't belong on the team. She's a Canaanite. She's not a Hebrew. She doesn't belong on the Hebrew national team. And she's got a long list of sins. And yet the writer of Hebrews places her on this long list of stars. The writer of Hebrews includes her as the superstar of faith. Why? Because she's included with men like Abraham. Abraham, man, is a man of faith. Moses is a humble leader who leads the people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Joseph is a man of faith who does great things. And yet Rahab, the harlot, is included in this impressive list. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you just didn't belong on the list? Have you ever felt like, why in the world would God let me make the cut? Have you ever felt like you just, you just don't belong on that all-star team? Then this sermon this afternoon is for you. Let me pray with you for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every woman in the house, I pray that every wife, every mother, God, I pray that everyone watching via live stream today or in the future will recognize God that you can give us a second chance, you can redeem our past, that if you can use a harlot, a prostitute, you can use us, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you that before we were born, you knew us and you predestined us to be conformed into the image of your son, to be holy and blameless in your sight. I pray for the power of your word to sink deep into the hearts of every mom, every woman in this place, that they will rise up and say, I'm special, I'm a star in the sight of God. Somebody say amen, glory to God. And in Joshua chapter 2, we find a powerful story of a woman, a person who probably wasn't feeling so good about herself, she was a prostitute. She sold her body for money. And in every society, except for maybe a few, a prostitute is looked down upon as a disposable person. We use and abuse this person. And Rahab probably had given up trying to be decent and upstanding above reproach. And in her eyes, in everyone else's eyes, she was a throwaway person. She was a disposable individual. And now her life is about to change. Why? Because God had a different plan. Hallelujah. Because God had a different perspective. Because God had a different view of this lady. You see, God saw something in Rahab that no one else could see. God believed, God knew, God saw something in Rahab that she couldn't even see in herself. God had a plan. And make no mistake, this was not an accident. It was not a coincidence that God would send the spies to Rahab, the prostitute's house. And the story actually starts, it's a story of redemption. Because God is really getting ready to cleanse the promised land of wickedness. And so he raises up the people of Israel. And the people of Israel are actually the sword in the hands of God's judgment. And why did God raise up the Israelites to go into the promised land? Because, listen, the Canaanites were wicked people. They were wicked. The Canaanites actually ruled for, ruled for over 2,200 years, and they were ruthless. They sacrificed their children in the fire. 
they served and worshipped the gods of Baal and Ashtoreth. And these gods demanded human sacrifices. And these people were ruthless. They were wicked. They were not only pagans, but they were so perverted. They were so ungodly that God actually uses the people of Israel to go in and clean up the city. Why? Because they were so wicked. And so now Joshua sends in two spies into the city. And he tells them, when you go into the city, when you go into the promised land, I want you to take note of Jericho because strategically we're going to start there. And I want you to find where are the breaches in the walls? Where's the place that we can get in? I want you to spy out the land. So Joshua tells them in Joshua chapter 2, if you want to follow along with us. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim to go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a pro- They entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Why? Because all kinds of men went into Rahab's house. They, they came and went. And it wasn't so obvious to everyone around that they were spies until somebody said that they were spies or found out because there were a lot of men that went into Rahab's house. In fact, Rahab's house was actually situated right on the wall and it was right near the entrance of the city because most men that went into the city, they went to Rahab's house first to get what they needed or wanted. In verse number two. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So they're found out. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your home because they have come to spy out the whole land. Now Rahab had a choice to make. At that moment, Rahab could have given in to fear. She could have said, listen, I, I, better, I, better, I better turn these guys in because if the king finds out, He's going to take my life. Rahab had a decision to make. Does she turn these men into the authorities? Does she, does she side with a wicked king that she's now under? Or does she betray the king and protect the spies? Does she take a chance? Does she trust in a God that she never met? Does she trust in men that she never knew? Verse 4, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close up the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly so that you might catch up to them. Verse 6, but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of Jordan. Man, I'm telling you, all people, everyone should go to Israel. If you're a Christian, you need to go to Israel because it all starts there. And the Bible just comes to life. So while I was reading this this week and, and meditating, I thought to myself, I was there. I was at the Jordan River. I, I saw exactly where the Israelites crossed over into the promised land. Wow. It just absolutely comes to life. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. So Rahab has to make a decision. I'm going to take my chances with these men and trust another kingdom Trust in another people and trust in another God. Verse 8, before the spies lay down for the night, 
she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord Yahweh, Yahweh, has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on all of us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard this, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God, for Yahweh, your God, the God that I heard about, the God that we saw do great things through your life. Listen to me. I want to tell you right now, Mom, you might be praying for somebody that you love dearly. And I want you to know that right now, God is doing a work in their life. Why? Because Rahab is a pagan. She doesn't know Yahweh. She doesn't know God. But listen, God is such a faithful God that the Holy Spirit can come upon somebody and they can, the Holy Spirit can open their eyes and their minds and the Holy Spirit can illuminate their souls and he can begin to draw them. And at that very moment, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to Rahab. Why? Because God had a plan for Rahab. And I'm here to tell you today that God has a plan for your son. God has a plan for your daughter. God has a plan for your husband. God has a plan for your family. Don't give up praying and believing God. Why? Because there's going to be a moment in time when the Holy Ghost is going to touch their lives and they're going to come back home. Somebody help me out and say amen. Glory to God. God, the hound of heaven, is going to pursue them. He's going to catch up to them and he's going to touch their lives. Glory. I believe that with all my heart because my mother prayed for me. And just at the right time, the Holy Spirit, he began to do a work in my life and turn my life around. And she said, for the Lord your God, Yahweh, he's the God of heaven. The God that is in heaven above and on earth below. Rahab recognizes God's blessing. Rahab recognizes God's anointing, God's power. Rahab recognizes God's protection on Israel and God's hand on the Israelites and no one is going to be able to stand against them. And everyone around Rahab, everyone in the city of Jericho, they decide, listen, we're just going to live and let live. We're going to let it rip. We're going to party, 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 and we're going to surrender to our destiny because there's no way in the world that anything's going to change so we might as well party it up until we die. The Bible says that their hearts had melted. Their courage was gone. They gave up the fight. They gave up trying to, to actually battle against the Israelites. They were going to lay down and die. But Rahab the prostitute, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the throwaway person decided it's time to make a change. It's time to start trusting God. It's time to start believing for a new life, for a new start, for a new beginning, for a new opportunity. I love this. 
she decides it's time to make a change. And I'm here to tell you this afternoon that there's a mama in the house. There's a father in the house. There's a brother or sister in the house. There's somebody at the sound of my voice that today you're going to decide it's time to make a change. Hallelujah. It's time for a new start. It's time for a new opportunity. It's time to start trusting God today because today is the day of salvation, glory. But she makes a deal with the men. She goes up to the roof, and I love this. Hey, listen, my mother was 28 years old when my father died. She had four kids. And if there's one thing that my mother taught me to do is make a deal. Hallelujah. See, because when I talk about Pastor Fazul, the reason why I talk about Pastor Fazul is because when we were kids, we didn't have a whole lot of money. And my mother took a box of macaroni and turned it into a miracle. She fed the 5,000 with one box of macaroni. She'd put that box of macaroni in the water, and it would grow and grow. And she'd throw some beans in it for the protein, and we had a meal. You know what I'm talking about. My mother always told me, don't ever pay full price for anything. She said, you walk into the store, if it says this price, you're going to get a better deal. It drives my wife crazy. It drives my kids crazy. You know what? Because I learned how to get a deal, you know, anywhere I go. I, I was in Rome, Italy, you know, and everybody's on Facebook, they said, boy, oh, boy, the longer you stayed in Italy, the more Italians you looked, you know. When I go to Italy, I come back home, you know. And so I was in Italy, and I wanted a nice hat, you know. So I went to this guy on the street, and I saw a hat that I I like. So I asked the gentleman, how much is the hat? He said, it's $25. I said, mm, 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 mm. I started walking away. You know how I'm walking away. Mm, mm. And he said, well, how much money do you want to pay? I said, $5. <laughs> now, I got a number in my head, but I'm starting at $5. You know what I'm talking about. So he goes, no, 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 impossible. No way you're going to pay $5 for this hat. So I'm like, okay, good. I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of here, right? So he starts chasing after me. How much money do you want to pay? I said, I told you, $5. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Give me $15. I said, no. My, my wife said no. <laughs> She's looking at me. Stage. <laughs> So he's chasing me a little bit. Okay. He says, give me $10. I said, you got a deal. <laughs> so Rahab, she goes up to the roof and she pulls back the flax and she looks at these young men and she says, I've got a deal for you. She says, I want to make a deal with you. She had a decision that she had to make. Was she going to lay down and die? Was she going to feel sorry for herself? Was she going to live and let die? Or was she going to say, I'm going to begin to trust God. I'm going to trust him to be my covenant protection in my life. Notice what verse 12 says. She says to the men, now then, please swear to me by Yahweh, the Lord, that you will show kindness to my family. Because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. That you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them. And that you will save us from death. Now, the Hebrew word for kindness there is hesad, hesad. 
And the word hesad actually means covenant loyalty. So now we're not talking about New Testament here. We're talking about Old Testament. And, and by the power of the Spirit, by the discernment of the Spirit, Rahab is actually saying to these men, I want you to enter into a covenant with me. Listen to me. God is a covenant-keeping God. If there's one thing that you will see woven all through the Bible is that God is a covenant God, that when God makes a covenant, he keeps his covenant. When God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. Hallelujah. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus and when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ you enter into a covenant with God and nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus and Rahab anointed by the Holy Spirit she's saying to these men listen I have shown you kindness now I want you to show me covenant covering I want to be covered I want to be covered when you come in I want to be covered from the judgment of God I want to be covered from the wrath of God and I want you to know today that God sent his son into the world so that you could be covered from the wrath of God all you need to do is reach out your hand and your heart and say God I want to be covered in the covenant relationship with Jesus Christ the word kindness in the Hebrew hasad means born out of mercy and loving kindness it means to enter into a covenant so that you might be covered by someone else Rahab was asking the God of Israel to save her from destruction through a merciful act of kindness, entering into a covenant with her to protect her from the judgment of God. Wow. And God is willing now to extend his mercy. Remember, God knew exactly what he was doing when he sent the spies to Rahab. Notice what they say in verse 14. Our lives for your lives, the men are assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you, listen to me, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord Yahweh gives us the land. In other words, they said, you will become one of us. We will enter into a covenant with you, Rahab, and that covenant will be binding. And notice what the spies say. Verse 15, so she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived on was part of the city wall. And she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Then the men said to her, this oath, this covenant, this promise that you made us swear will not be binding on us unless... When we enter the land, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you will let us down. Scarlet thread, they call it, of redemption. All through the scripture, you see that God is a redeeming God. It's called the scarlet thread of redemption. And here, the Israelites tell Rahab to put a sign in her window that she's a believer. Remember in the Old Testament... That when God was sending the death angel to the people, that they put the blood on the doorpost. And the Bible tells us that when they passed through the land of Egypt and they saw the blood on the doorpost, they passed over. The Passover. Here's the same situation happening. God, a God of covenant, 
God a God of promise. I promise you, if you put out that cord as a sign of faith in trusting me, I will pass over you and protect you from my judgment. And unless you have brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into the house, if any of them go outside your house in the street, their blood will be on their own heads and we will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, mom, who's in the house with you today? Their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed. And she, by faith, tied the scarlet cord in the window. And when she tied the scarlet cord in the window, she was declaring, I'm putting all of my faith all of my family, all of my loved ones, all of my future, all of my hope in the God of Israel to save me, to protect me, and to redeem my life. And now we fast forward from Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 3, Joshua goes in the land. Get ready. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, we're going into the land, and God's going to do great things. We lead up to Joshua chapter 6, and now God says to the people of Israel, I want you to march around Jericho. The, the Jericho had some really incredibly large walls, thick walls. But I want, you to, I want you to march around Jericho seven times, one time every day for seven days. And the last day, I want you to march around seven times. And at the end of that time, I want you to shout, and the walls are going to come tumbling down. Listen to me, Mom, today. I know that there are walls that are, have been erected in your family. Family, and there are obstacles that you seem to think God can't pull down in your life. And there are problems, big problems in your family. And sometimes you've got to get into your prayer closet and you've got to praise Yahweh. You've got to praise Jehovah Jireh. You've got to praise Jehovah Shalom. You've got to get into your prayer closet and you've got to have a holy huddle with God. And you've got to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And you've got to praise God until the walls come tumbling down. Hallelujah, glory. Glory to God. I'm telling you today, praise will bring the walls down. And so they praise the Lord and the walls come tumbling down. The Bible says then that Joshua sends the spies in and he tells them. Listen to what he says. And Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house. And bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with the covenant that we made with her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brother, her sisters, and all who belonged to them. And they brought them, the entire family, and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel to protect them. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she had, by faith, done one thing. Hid the men Joshua sent in to spy Jericho. And she, listen to me, lived among the Israelites till this day. Wow. 
What an incredible story. Rahab is a, a prostitute. But Rahab represents to us the power of redeeming the past. She didn't allow her past mistakes or sins or failures to keep her from trying again. After all, she could have said, this is a judgment from God. I deserve this. So I'm just going to lay down and accept the punishment. But instead, she appeals to the God of mercy and grace. And maybe this afternoon, you feel like your past can never be erased. Your past mistakes can never be undone. But Rahab represents to us today a person with a real ugly past. But God always redeems our lives. God specializes in taking our past and turning something ugly into a story of grace, a story of hope, a story of mercy. He takes God's people and he takes their sin and he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. I love what Jesus did when he walked into a woman's life. The Bible says she was sitting at the well and she had five husbands and the guy that she was living with wasn't even her husband. When he spoke into her life, he took her ugly past and turned it into a story of grace and she said come in and listen to all that he said about me he looks at a demon possessed man who has legions of demons inside of him and the bible says he delivers this man and he sends him on his way as an evangelist to tell his story he sees a prostitute who who is far from god who's demon possessed her name is mary magdalene and the bible says he delivers her and now she comes back with a, a jar of oil a jar of perfume and she she pours it over his head. She becomes a story of praise and worship. Hallelujah. That's what God can do. He can take your past and he can turn it into a miraculous story of grace. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, I want you to know today that if you submit your past to God, God will take your life and he'll turn it around and he'll give you your story of grace. Somebody help me out and say amen. Glory to God. Rahab teaches us it's never too late to start again. It's never too late to turn your life over to God right now. It's never too late to say, God, I bring you my life. Do whatever you want to do in my life. I love it. Number two, Rahab represents divine opportunity. Divine opportunity. Everyone else in Jericho looked at this as an impending judgment from God and everyone else just simply gave up. And I know that in this room here today that there are some moms in this place today that you've got some friends, Christian friends, women who come to Bethlehem Assembly of God or maybe they go to another church and the truth is, man, they're so pessimistic. Listen to me. There's one kind of person you need to avoid, like the plague, and that's a pessimistic person who can't believe God for anything. But, you know, there are some women around you in your life, and they have simply given up. Oh, yeah, they come to church, but they've given up on their marriage, or they've given up on their kids, or they've given up on, in society. We live in a society today that we look all around us, and we think, you know what, there's no hope, there's no hope. We just might as well live and let live and party and die. But see, Rahab decided that she was going to look at this situation as a divine situation from God, a divine opportunity from God. 
And I understand that in your life today, there may be some really tough situations in your life, Mom. And you might be saying to yourself, there's no hope. But I want you to know that God specializes in taking bad situations and turning them into glorious situations. All things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And maybe you're going through a very difficult time and everyone else around you has given up. They've given up on their family. They've given up on their children. But I want you to know today that God wants to recruit you into Rahab's army of believers who believe God for great things. You, you see, they're, they're there's always a remnant of people where God says, this is my remnant of people who are not going to go this way with the world, but they're going to trust me. They're going to believe in me. They're going to believe in miracles. They're going to believe that I can turn this dead sea into living sea. I can turn this situation into a life-given situation. And so God is looking for a remnant of people people who will believe him for the miraculous and it's time woman of God to rise up and believe I don't care what anyone else says I'm going to believe the report of the Lord I don't care what everybody else is saying about their kids I'm going to believe that my kids are going to be godly kids I'm going to believe that I'm going to have a legacy of blessing and I'm going to pass it on from generation to generation to generation I'm going to be a part of the remnant the Rahab remnant of believers who trust God listen to me every situation in your life goes through the sovereign will of God and I want you to know whatever situation you're facing today I want you to know God's going to use it for his glory and for your good you got to choose to believe that today hallelujah how many of you are going to believe that God has a purpose for your life a plan for your life hallelujah Rahab decided everyone else is saying it's over it's finished there's no way out of the situation it's really bad They've given up, but Rahab saw a bad problem as a God-inspired opportunity. Listen to me this afternoon. Rahab said, while everyone else has given up, I'm going over. While everyone else has given up, I'm going up, I'm going through. And mom, this is not a time to give up. This is not a time to lay down and surrender. This is not a time to give in to fear. It's a time to see the hand of God. It's a time to see the God-inspired opportunities that God is presenting before you. Number three, I love this. As the worship team comes, Rahab represents, listen to me, the power of the seed of faith. What did Rahab have in her house? Nothing. Nada. Nothing. You know why? Because judgment was coming. Her whole house was going to be wiped out. Everything that she owned was going to be wiped out. She had nothing left except for one thing. It's kind of like the widow. When the widow came to the prophet and the prophet said, what do you have in your house? I've got nothing. The prophet said, no, 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 no. You've got something and that something's going to be enough to carry you for the rest of your life. And mom, I want you to know there's something in your house. You've got something in your house. It's called the seed of faith. Hallelujah. When I was in Israel, it was such a blessing. We were going to a third century uh, temple. And on our way, we stumbled across a mustard seed plant. And you know I love about, I love the mustard seed. And I love to preach about the seed of faith that everybody has in their life. There's a seed of grace 
greatness in every one of you. So I took that seed and I opened up that plant and I looked, took that seed and put it in my hand. And it was just a tiny little seed. And God spoke to me and God showed me that all you need is a mustard seed of faith. And all you need is to believe God with a mustard seed of faith. And God will move mountains in your life. As the Bible says in Mark chapter 11, have faith in God. Have faith also in me. He said this, if you have the seed, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. You see, it's not the power of the seed. It's the power of God. But all you need is a small little seed in a great big God. And God will do a great work in your life. You may feel like you've got nothing left in your house. You've got no more energy. You've got no more resources. But you've got one thing. You've got faith in God. And all you need to have is faith in God. And God will get you through. Hallelujah. And bring you to dry ground. Blessed ground. Hallelujah. That's all you need. Rahab is on the team. Rahab is inducted into the hall of faith. She can take the mound because she had a seed of faith. You see, Hebrews 11 tells us it's impossible to please God without faith. But if we believe that God is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him, then God will reward us by blessing us. One act of faith, one small. What was it? Rahab didn't march out into the city and take on all of the people of Jericho. She did one little thing. It seemed so insignificant. She hid the spies. One act of faith saved Rahab's entire family. One act of faith begins a chain reaction that sets in motion a legacy of blessing that's passed on from one generation to the next generation. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 is all about simple acts of faith. Abram offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Abraham obeyed and left. Moses rejected the world's pleasure. Isaac blessed his sons. Jacob simply gave instructions where he needed to be buried. And by faith, Rahab does this one simple thing. She welcomes the spies by faith. Verse 31, Rahab, because she simply trusted and obeyed God and welcomed the spies, she was not killed with those who were disobedient. And mom, your life will either be marked by faith or defeat. Your life will always be a faith walk. By faith, you will leave a legacy of blessing for your family. By faith, you will obey the Holy Spirit when everyone's going the other way. By faith, you will take a, a step of faith each and every day. Rahab is celebrated for one thing, her faith in God. And by faith, she begins to intercede for her family. See, that's what she did. She stood in the gap for her family. She went up to the roof and she said, listen to me. I want you to enter into covenant with me. And I don't want to just be saved, but I want to take my whole family with me. I want to take my father with me. I want to take my mother with me. 
I want to take my brother and my sisters with me. I want to take all their children with me. And because she did that one thing, listen to me, Rahab is included in the scriptures. Listen to me. Everywhere you see the word or the title of Rahab, it's always Rahab the prostitute. Rahab the prostitute. And I thought to myself this week, oh God, give her a break. Drop the prostitute already. But listen to me. The reason why God reminds us over and over and over again. He reminds us in Hebrew. He reminds us in James. He reminds us in Joshua. Rahab was a harlot. Why? Because God is saying, if God can use a harlot, if God can use a prostitute, then he can use you and me. Glory to God. To set in motion a legacy of blessing for our families hallelujah because the story doesn't end there listen what it says so God rescues Rahab and Joshua makes sure that Rahab's father Rahab's mother they have brothers and sisters and all her nephews and nieces all the family is rescued and the Bible says the Israelites take them in a part of their community and Rahab happens, happens to marry a harlot, a prostitute, happens to marry one of the most prominent men in Israel. His name is Salmon. And some theologians believe that Salmon was instrumental in being an architect over a lot of what they built. But Salmon, listen to me, is the father of Boaz. And Boaz is the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of David. And David is the forefather of the Messiah, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus has a prostitute as a great grandmother. Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, God can take what you give him and turn it into something beautiful. Hallelujah. So here we are today. We can make a decision. Araceli's is going to come. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to listen to this song. And in a moment, I'm going to call for Rahab's remnant, women of God, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom. Whoever you are in this room, if you want to be a woman of God, if you want to say, God, redeem my past. God, I'm seeing every situation as a divine opportunity, and I'm going to use my seed of faith, the little I have, to turn a miracle of blessing, not only for me, but for my whole entire family. Listen to me, Mom. You're going to set a chain reaction of blessing, not only for you, but for your children and their children, and so on and so on. I'm here today. Listen to me. I'm here today because of Grandma Philomene. Philomena. She gave her life to the Lord in, in the Bronx in New York City. She came from Italy. She didn't understand any English. She went into a Pentecostal church. She saw a woman praying and seeking God. She said, I don't have what she has. She gave her life to the Lord. My grandmother had 31st uh, grandchildren on just one side. Now I have uh, second uh, cousins and third cousins. You can't put us in a room all together at one place. And listen, the, my grandmother set in motion a chain reaction of blessing. And I'm here today preaching to you. I'm here giving you the gospel today because a woman used her seed of faith to set in motion a legacy of blessing. How many of you want to set in motion a legacy of blessing? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Close your eyes right now. I want you to close your eyes and listen to this song as God begins to speak to your heart.
find the war had just begun is he not strong enough is he fresh again if you're here today and you're a mother you're a wife today and you want to be inducted in Rahab's remnant of people of faith I want you to stand to your feet right now hallelujah in this place say yes I want to be a woman of faith I want to see the situations in my life as divine opportunities from God God's speaking to somebody in the balcony right now I feel like the presence of the Holy Spirit is coming right now. I want you to raise your hands, Mother, right now. In, that, in the balcony, raise your hands, Mother. And just begin to trust God. Say, God, I trust you. Hallelujah. When everyone else is saying destruction, I'm saying deliverance. When everyone else is saying a waste, throw away, I'm saying redemption. Hallelujah. 
It's time to start afresh and anew right now. God's touching somebody, a mother in this room. God is touching your life and giving you new hope. He's given you a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. If you open your mouth right now and begin to praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to touch you right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we need a wave of the Spirit to just fall on this place right now. Fresh wind. Dry bones come on and live right now. Dry dead dreams come and live again. Hallelujah. Fresh new start. Fresh new beginning. Come on, women of God, just, just raise your hands and begin to worship him right now and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, let me hear the women of God. Come on, let me hear the women of God worship him today. Rise up. Rise up, Rahab. Rise up, Esther. Rise up, Sarah. Hallelujah. Rise up, Ruth, and begin to worship him today. Hallelujah. 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 If you love your mother today, if you love your wife today, I want you to stand to your feet and put your hand on their shoulder and begin to pray for them right now. Hallelujah. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Husband, bless your wife right now. Hallelujah. Son or daughter, bless your mother right now. Bless your grandmother right now. Hallelujah. Put your hand around them right now and bless them with a prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I just feel the presence of God today. God's breaking some chains. He's healing some lives. He's restoring some dreams. Hallelujah. He's restoring your faith. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's got a plan. He knows the plan. Hallelujah. He's a sovereign God. He uses all things, all things, all things for your good. For your good. Hallelujah. presence of Almighty God. Let it sweep over you, Mom, today. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Spirit is here today. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is in within us. Strong in this place today. Strong strong in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you're a redeeming God. You're a redeeming God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's something happening in this place. God's mercy is here. His grace is here. Hallelujah. We want to pray a blessing over you, Mom, today. 
We want to pray God's power and His Spirit in your life today. So here's what I want you to do right now. We've got some roses we want to give you, and they symbolize something powerful. I want you to take a petal of this rose and put it in your Bible and never lose it. But I want you to come out of your seat, Mom, in the balcony. I want you to come. If you're in the overflow, come right now. I want you to come up here. We're going to pray a blessing over your life. Come on, quickly. Quickly come right now. Hallelujah. And I want you to pull in tight because there's a lot coming. So move as close as you can to the front. God's about to do something in your life. A new start, fresh anointing, a new start. Come on, pull in, Mom. Pull in, Mom. Women of God. Maybe you're not a mom, but you're a woman of God. You just come. You just come. You just come. I want you to pull in tight. I want every mother to come as close as they can. Hallelujah. As the Holy Spirit is at work right now. The Holy Spirit is at work right now. Come on, pull in tighter. Pull in tighter. Pull in tighter. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Moms, you come out of the balcony and come down right now. Praise the Lord. Now look, <laughs> roses are beautiful. And uh, I get to do this once a year. My wife allows me to do this once a year. You women are beautiful. <laughs> you are gorgeous. You're a star. Let me say that again. You're a star. And you shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you shine. You shine the love of Jesus. And you know, many of you, you feel like, man, I, I'm just not making it. I'm not just, I'm not doing a good job. But your kids, they believe something different. Hallelujah. And if you're a son or you're a daughter in this room, you better remind your mother how special she is. You better make sure that she knows that she's doing a great job. And please, please forgive us if we're running out of roses. There's been so many people that have come to church today. We've just been caught by surprise. We have gone out and bought roses all through the services to buy more roses and more and more because so many women have showed up to church today. And if you don't get one, I'll personally go out and buy one for you. I promise you. You come to me and say, I need to get a rose. I will get you a rose. Because when we make a promise, we want to keep it. But look. I want you to see something about a rose that's so powerful. Roses are beautiful in themselves. They just, they just, they just a beautiful thing, isn't it? Huh? So, so the one purpose of a rose is just to be beautiful like you. You're just beautiful. But you know, if you take a rose petal and you, and you press on it and press it and press it and press it, guess what comes out of a rose petal? Perfume. Oil. They make perfume out of rose petals, out of roses. So I want to tell you today by the Holy Spirit, some of you have been squeezed. How many of you have felt that you've been squeezed by life? That the pressure of life has been so much on you. But I'm going to prophesy over you that the more that life squeezes on you, the more you're going to send off a fragrance a fragrance of love, a fragrance of the peace of God, a fragrance of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that the more that life presses down on you, the more you're going to shine and the more you're going to smell like a beautiful rose. Hallelujah. Come on, so raise up your rose right now with me. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, thank you 
that you've got a plan for my life. That, Lord, I thank you today that no matter what happens in my life, I will give you praise and I will believe that you're at work in my life. I trust you to set in motion a legacy, a legacy, a blessing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And as he makes his face shine upon you, may you shine like the star that you really are. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Go get a picture taken. Have a great Mother's Day. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus.